From Washington, D.C., you are listening to Rule of Law Albania with Albi Cela. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of Rule of Law Albania. My name is Albi Cela, and today's guest is Daniel Klingenberg, a mentor, a colleague, and a friend of mine. Daniel is currently working for Epco Worldwide's Dubai office, providing analytical research, developing analysis and strategic planning, and conducting crisis and change management. I met with him in Tirana back in 2018 during his Fulbright Fellowship to Albania, where he worked with the Albanian School of Magistrates, leading trainings on rule of law in order to improve the functioning of the Albanian court system. For more on his work on the rule of law in Albania, not only I would highly recommend you to have a look at his Rule of Law Snapshot blog. I'm convinced you will find his opinions and thoughts on Rule of Law issues very interesting. I'm Daniel, thank you for joining me on this first episode of Rule of Law Albania. Thank you, Albi. I'm glad to be here and glad to speak with you. Um, so, Daniel, before we jump in, um, so why did you decide to do your Fulbright program in Albania? Well, that, that's a pretty good question. You know, before I started looking at my Fulbright process, I still wasn't entirely sure what Albania was. Uh, then I went to, I just spoke with my mentor from law school. And during the process of trying to pick out the, the country that I was going to go for or apply for for the Fulbright, it was just a place that had a lot of different interesting elements uh, on on transitional justice and transnational law. And with my mentor being a former ICTY uh, prosecutor, and he had a good friend who worked with him at ASU, who was an Albanian, it just sort of all fell into place. It had the right amount of uh, issues of what I was interested in looking at and getting involved with, and the the contacts fell in line. So it was just a... a good match. Great. Actually, I'm glad uh, you moved to Albania. But um, so, Daniel, you have quite some experience on the rule of law. Could you please explain us what rule of law is and where it differs from good governance? Because many seem to consider it, uh, the two of them, the same thing. Uh, well, yeah, I'm uh, quite glad that I went to Albania, too. I mean, that's how we ended up meeting. You know, I will never forget the, the when I walked into the office to meet with our friends there, and uh, you were there working. Uh, but okay, to your question specifically, is what is the rule of law and how does it differ from good governance? Yes. Well, I'm not exactly going to agree with you fully there because I'm not sure that they differ all that much. The way I look at it is good governance and the rule of law are really like the same side of, or two different sides of the same coin. I mean, we can look at some of the definitions. The definition that I've used and used throughout my last couple of years working on it is just the rule of law is a system of governance in which political leaders are limited and bound by law and the laws apply equally to all people. You know, this differs quite a bit from the United Nations definition, but we're not, I don't want to go through all of that here. Uh, so I, I think we should focus on it from that standpoint. It's about keeping the people who are in power uh, in check. 
It's about making sure that everybody has equal chances. You know, we don't need to have a, a perfect rule of law or a perfect good governance, but these two things have to be in uh, in order with each other. There's... Great. So, go ahead. So keep. Okay. Great. Um. So um. Considering what you said, so the main point is keeping those in power in check. So you lived and worked in Albania actually for more than one year. In your opinion, what are the main issues that Albania has in terms of rule of law? And where do you believe that those problems actually stem from? Yeah, that's that's a good question. There's um, a couple of different things. You know, the rule of law requires balance. You have to have people who are willing to hold their rulers in check. You have to have rulers and um, po- politicians who show the uh, idea that they are also bound by something. We look at the constitution of Albania and there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. It's a, it's a pretty good document. It's suffered some changes and it's a bit translated but that's kind of what you expect when you're talking about a society that's been so heavily influenced for more than 30 years now with the international community being engaged in the the affairs of Albania Uh, it's always hard to say exactly what are the, the fundamental issues for Albania but I've always tried to point out three that I thought were particularly interesting and worth a discussion. Uh, Those three are uh, Albania's crisis of identity, uh, the affinity for a strong man or a unitary leader, and the family ties. Now, none of those in and of themselves are necessarily bad things. And when I talk about the crisis of identity for Albanians, uh, this isn't something that I really think can be fixed, and I don't think it's something that should be fixed. The identity of Albanians, or you know, the one way that you hear of it being called often when you live in Albania or you're around Albanians, is this Albanian reality. And it's like the best parts of Albania. Uh, Albania exists at opposites and extremes at the same time. You know, if you just look at the country, it's the country's kind of... Uh, a perfect rep- representation of the mentality. You have these stunning sheer mountains and within 30 minutes you can be on the beach. You have these close families but they hold uh, all outsiders and even those like me who are fairly well accepted still at arm's length. You have exceptional tolerance for faith and uh, uh, ideas but they're some of the most stubborn people in the world. So Albania's got this life at complete extremes. And it's like I talk about with a lot of my change and crisis management things. If you, you have to first recognize what's going on with your with yourself and with your culture that's within you before you can really start moving on. And that's one place that we could start looking at is looking internally for the Albanians and Albanian leadership to understand who they are and what they want. Now, the second issue 
This stems from you know, the national myths, this affinity for a strong man. When you think about Skanderbeg, Skanderbeu, I mean, this guy was cool. He was the national hero. I mean, you're looking through some of the stories on him, and I had so much fun like going back through the, the documents and the things I wrote on Skanderbeg. And I mean, he was praised as single-handedly holding off the Turkish Empire for 50 years of his life. Some accounts say that he was like seven foot or two meters tall and rode bare-chested into battle and never suffered an injury. This guy was cool. <laughs> uh, but the problem is, this is the idealized Albanian man, right? And now every Albanian leader that's ever tried to rule is trying to be a, a Skanderbeg. And part of this goes into also every man in Albania seems to trying to be a Skanderbeg. And what I, I think you even know better that every man is his king of his own castle. That's something I think I've heard so many. Yeah, Albanians. it's it's three million Albanians, three million kings. It's a saying. <laughs> yeah, so it's one that I've never quite came to grips with. And of course, this leaves out one of the fundamental issues and uh, the other 50% of society. There just has to be more women leaders in Albania before we can really see that affinity for a strong man uh, fade away. And then last, I don't want to get into too much, just because it's such a complicated topic in Albania. And most people outside of Albania won't understand the, the family ties, the feasts. Uh, families are so close, and it's something that's similar outside of Albania, but it just doesn't quite exist. We don't quite understand. And so all of these really good things that Albania has you had the issue of communism that came in and locked them in. Uh, it's not that communism uh, was a bad, well, it was communism was a bad thing, but it's not like the bad things all stemmed solely from communism. It's, it, it isn't something that's unique to Albania, but... Um, yeah, understandable. Actually, this would bring me to the next question, but yeah, thanks that you started, that, that you focused on that point. but. Okay, communism. Many many countries faced communism, so we can't we can say that it happened only to Albania, and it's communist fault that Albania is this. It's in this situation with regard to the rule of law. But do you think that we can move forward, if, despite the fact of not dealing with our communist past? Um, that's that's a really tough question. I've done back and forth on this question many times with several friends and uh, those of us who are interested in Albania. The way I really think about this is Albanians and the issues that were entrenched in the, the communist times is also just a combination of the history of Albania and the honor-based community system that's there. You know, just thinking about the family structure and the familiar, familiar structure uh, that's possibly as long as a millennial old. You know, and if you, the, the mentality is still is somewhat of the prizing your personal honor above all else. It's it's a complicated system, and when you had the system that had a very pressurized communist government. It locked in 
you know, discord and division. And it's not like the communists were the first ones to lock in that discord either. That you had 500 years of repression under the Ottoman Empire. You had a society that was never able to grow and like discover who it was. I mean, there's the the brief time during King Zogu, but still, he and the reformists after the Second World War still never had a, a, a match for the fantastic organizing power uh, that was the Communist Party at the time. So Hoja and the communists probably didn't start the problem, but they certainly made it a lot worse. I mean, when I think about it again, it's still so fascinating that you had the period from the late 1400s until five years after Hoja's death in 1985, that Albania was just a dark spot on the map. Nobody outside of the world really knew what it was. And then you had, what, see if I can remember my names of Albanian history leaders, Elia, Barisha, uh, and then modern day Basha and Rama. Yeah, that is correct, yeah. These guys are not all that different. They have similar policies and proposals, but they just have the... They've never been able to take that next step and like really take responsibility and put aside their mistrust of the only political systems that they grew up knowing. So I don't think communism is necessarily the, the inception of when all these problems began, but it certainly was a very bad thing that made it much worse. Okay, understandable. So what, what I understand from what you said is that right now Albania is in a state of rule of men instead of a state of rule of law. But how can we move from a state of rule of men to a state of rule of law? Is there a formula to do so? Well, there's certainly not a formula to any rule of law system. That's one of the great questions, is trying to understand this, uh, how political and legal systems work, and that you can create the, a rule of law uh, system that's going to work for these specific places. You know that the the ultimate project and research that I did in Albania was on how history and culture shapes the political and legal system because it's such a key issue that we don't look at as much as we really should or we look at it but only pay it lip service. But part of your question too also is almost, uh, I just want to push back on it a little bit. You know, the way I look at it is the rule of law is a uh, a human ideal. It's a theory that's inevitably framed to serve political and moral interests. I mean, that's not my way of thinking of the rule of law either. That comes from Harvard professor Richard Fallon. Uh, so we have to think of it in, in, in that way. So rule of law is always going to have a human element, but it's, again, going back to the actual definition of rule of law is it's, it's holding the people, the humans in power, who are giving government into check, keeping them in check and making sure that they're providing good governments. You know, there's, there's so many smart Albanians in the world, 
and maybe that's a bit of the problem is so many of them have left uh, and there's also the part of living at extremes and one of my favorite parts of Albania was actually the the myths and legends from Albanian folklore so the, my real proposal for Albania to get away from the, this rule by law and get to a rule of law is just that. Stop trying to focus in on the myths and the legends. There's a very usable element of the national myth to unite you, and the, the U.S. is the same way with our, with our national myths as well, but we can't expect another Skanderbeg or uh, your very own Mahatma Gandhi or Nelson Mandela to come and save Albania. It's all those great Albanians who are within the country still and you know, even more who have left to pursue great opportunities abroad. It's the actions of all the Albanians is what's going to change the country and have, give the chance to move to rule of law as opposed to any one single snap of a finger and getting it there. So wise words from a wise man. I totally agree with you on that. Um, so before we conclude, um, Daniel, what would you say to young Albanians out there who unfortunately have lost hope in Albania? Where, well, Albi, you know that um, young Albanians have good reason to be out of hope these days. It's a challenging environment. It's a tough world that we live in for these issues. There's so many reports out there showing that there's backsliding of rule of law systems. But you also know that I've been extremely lucky over the last three years to work with groups of amazing young Albanians. I mean, present company included. You know, I think very highly of you and the work that we've done through Butter University and the Jessup teams there. But as I've told you before, and I've told almost all the students that I've gone from, is you need to go abroad. You need to get out of the situation, be able to take it in from outside. I know it was one of the most important parts for me was to leave my own country to see that we're just a small part of everything. And then when you see that you have that objective outside look, that you can do more than you ever thought you could. And so I don't do that. I don't send the Albanians outside of it because there's not actually hope for Albania. I do it because I do see hope in Albania. Like I said, there's millions of Albanians abroad and so many of them are doing amazing things. Albania is, you know, maybe a bit closed off, but it's poised for a reawakening. It's not going to be like the reawakening of the past coming out of communism because there's so much more. There's so many Albanians who have gone away and now have such great things to give back to the country. And I can, I think of it in a way of like a dam holding back water. Sure, there's always going to be a reluctance to give up power and to change. There's just a reluctance for change in general. But with enough of a flow, enough Albanians who 
go abroad and see that they can make change where they go and see that they can make change back in Albania. That seems like a lot of reason to be hopeful to me. I don't know when they'll get back, but I think we all in the end, at some point, envision ourselves back where we grew up or back where our parents or our grandparents or ourselves call home. Exactly. Um, yeah, so you heard him. Get out there, get out of Albania right now. Go study hard, people, young Albanians. But always remember remember to go back to your home country and help it. So Daniel, I really appreciate that you were with me in this first episode of my podcast, which I hope that it will help spread the word of the rule of law out there to other young Albanians. Thank you. Well, it's a pleasure to have been on here with you, Albi. And, you know, I hope to all the Albanians that uh, are in the country now don't think they have to get out but look to make change where you are now. Your situation is always somewhat in your control, at least as soon as we get out of this need for a lockdown with the coronavirus out there. Exactly. All right, thank you, Abby. Thank you, Daniel.